what hour your clock strikes here, it's always Halloween. And I'm always your haunted host, Luce Tomlin Brenner. Welcome to Small Frights Friday. On these very special episodes, I like to share a curated selection of calls from our All Hallows hotline and letters from our eek mailbag. This episode of It's Always Halloween is sponsored by a wonderful lantern named Kel. Kel has written to us and says, thank you so much for creating this wonderful podcast. It's the perfect Halloween content all year long. Well, thank you so much, Kel, and thank you for helping us make this episode. If you out there in Halloween land would like to sponsor an episode, it's just a one-time donation to the Always Halloween tip jar of $30 or more, and then you cover the cost of making that specific episode. So thank you so much, Kel. This one goes out to you. This episode's also brought to you by the Patreon Ghoul Gang. You guys, we hit 90 patrons today. Ow, 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 ow. And then I just turn into a wolf and gallop away. And you're like, what? Where'd she go? All I hear is distant howling now. Um, this is huge. I'm so excited. I am celebrating. And you may be out there thinking, this woman is always celebrating. And you know why? I have to. It's the only thing keeping me alive. You know, I don't think there's enough celebrations because life is hard and the world is dark. So if I have an opportunity to celebrate, you better believe I'm smashing glitter on my face. I'm popping confetti and I'm just carving a pumpkin just to celebrate. I don't find carving pumpkins to be very celebratory. Actually, they are so much work. They're very time consuming. I love doing it, but I'm not, ex- I start celebrating when I get the pumpkin. I purchase the pumpkin. I go through the fields of pumpkins. I'm celebrating. It's very, you know, you get very photogenic when you start holding armfuls of pumpkins. Then you get home and you lay out the newspaper and you corral the cats and then you're up to your elbows and goop. It's a thing. It's a thing I cherish, but it's that act isn't quite as celebratory. What am I talking about? We hit 90 patrons today. My goodness. Thank you so much. This podcast is funded entirely by, oh, I'm gesticulating so much. I'm knocking my necklaces off the wall here in the pod closet. Um, (laughs) This whole podcast is entirely funded by Listeners like you, I stole that from PBS, is funded by the Patreon Ghoul Gang. Thank you so much. We just picked up uh, some new patrons this week, and I want to shout them out. So thank you so much, Mandy. Thank you, JT. Thank you, Emmeline. Thank you, Stephen. And thank you, Pax. You are all brand new to the Ghoul Gang, but ancient loves in my heart. I am so happy to have you guys here. And in in Ghoul Gang Patreon news, I just put up a new blog post today about how video stores can be a Halloween destination and how I feel like my very first experiences being spooked, feeling like I'm walking through a haunted house happened to me as a child walking through the horror section of my local video store, Bookseller Video in Elyria, Ohio. So I wrote a whole newsletter post about that. And I put tons of movie uh, recommendations and resources in there for you. So that is for Ghoul Gang members at the homemade popcorn ball level and up. And hey, if you're a patron or you want to be a patron, now is the time to join because 
we have got ghost stories coming up. We have cozy Halloween memory movie nights coming up in November for everybody who doesn't want to let the season go because, hey, we know it's always Halloween. So we're going to watch some more uh, warm, comforting movies next month because we watched some really scary, bloody ones the last few weeks. We just finished our Halloween marathon last night. This is weird for me because I'm recording right now on Wednesday. This event happens on Thursday. You're listening on Friday. So for me, it's tomorrow. For you, it's yesterday. So I'm making up what happens. We had such a great time uh, at the end of our Halloween marathon where we all watched Halloween 2018 together to prepare for today's release, Halloween Kills. If you are a Halloween head, you are so excited for today. We have been waiting for October 15th for so long. Halloween Kills was supposed to come out last year. The pandemic got it pushed and um, it's finally here. So I feel like I've been waiting three years. If you're a big fan, then you have also been waiting that long. Um, I have huge news, which is that huge news relating to Halloween, which is that this past weekend, I got to meet my favorite cult actress, my favorite character in Halloween, PJ Souls, who plays Linda. I think she is one of the funniest actresses I think she's hysterical in Halloween. I know all of her lines by heart. I uh, went as her when she gets strangled with the phone in Halloween 2015. That was my costume at the party. Nobody knew who it was. It was a lame party. I was obviously the coolest person there. Um, I was so excited to meet her that I was in, I was in line with um, girls who were several years younger than me. I believe they were teenagers. And um, the three of us were just like... I can't believe it. I can't believe we're finally meeting PJ Souls. <laughs> and they were so cute. And we were just like being gossipy and giggly together. And I was just like, man, girls are the greatest. They were all so cute. And then they didn't realize they had to pay for an autograph. And PJ Souls said, that's okay. This is my gift to you. And she signed a glossy photo with like a little message to each of them. And those were, uh, that's a $40 autograph right there. <laughs> So I was so touched. I thought that was just so sweet. And they were so giggly and shrieky and just like all of the just like such pure girlhood vibes from that experience. And then as they're like shrieking and giggling and I'm like, what a lovely moment. I'm also tearing up because I'm like, this is one of my favorite actresses. I have dressed up as her. I have her face on a T-shirt. I the amount of times I have cosplayed as her, like I started to get kind of overwhelmed um, not because I think, I don't know, anything particular about her, like is intimidating. It's just sometimes it's hard for me to fathom that like characters are played by real people just, and then in seeing them in real life, it's like the movie is in your world now. And you're like a part of the movie, just meeting them makes me feel like I'm like, am I in a movie right now? And I love film. So it is just honestly, my, the greatest thing to meet somebody whose work I, I really admire and I'm really touched by. So I'm putting it off, but I'm going to tell you, I met her and I showed her the picture of me <laughs> dressed up as her from 2015. And she went, Oh my God, this is amazing. Oh, I love it. She like gushed and whatever. I know that 
uh, as a performer, performers gush, but like it felt so genuine. And then uh, her husband took a picture of us together and they saw my coffin phone case and she went, oh my goodness, I love that phone case. I've taught you well. And I was just like, it was so hard to not be in tears. I need to post the picture on Instagram because my eyes are like fully bugging out of my head. And it's just like, it's a very good picture. And I got one of those $40 autographs. Um, and it's, I got the picture of uh, her in the sheet with the telephone so that it matches my picture. And I'm going to make like a whole little wall out of it. But I just wanted to share it with you guys because this is like one of the best Halloween experiences I've had during the Halloween season. And it was just absolutely perfect. And I just, even though there's a couple more weeks, obviously I'm very excited, like two and a half weeks left. I feel really good about it. I want it to be longer, obviously, but I feel very satisfied. And I think that's a great place to be in like halfway through the month. So I'm wondering if you guys are looking back on your month, how you're feeling so far. I hope you're feeling positive and happy and you're not stressing yourselves out too much. I hope you've been able to check things off your Halloween to-do list and you've been able to prioritize the things that make you feel the best and that you don't feel pressured to engage in anything um, that, you know, isn't that meaningful to you or just kind of wears you out or drains you because um, this is a time that's as much about your spirit as the spirits beyond the veil. And we want to keep you on the side of the veil as long as possible. So we need you to feel healthy and happy. And if you are in need of a little pick-me-up, I've got just the thing for you. Some frightfully fun emails and telephone calls. So let's dive right in to this episode. Let's get it started with an email with the subject line, It's Halloween! Hi, Luce. I'm brand new to the podcast and it's everything I've ever wanted. Aw, that's so wonderful to hear. I don't know how I hadn't found it sooner, but that's fine. My late coming just means I get to binge a bit more. I found you just in time to pack an extra spook into my October. <laughs> I'm a stickler for starting from the beginning and catching up in order. That is good. Everyone needs to start from the beginning. If this is the first episode you're listening to, I encourage you to go back to the beginning because each episode builds on itself and we reference past episodes. All right, I'll get back into the email. I'm a stickler for starting from the beginning and catching up in order. So as I write this, I just finished listening to Aaron Kelly's Bones from last November. That said, this may have already been mentioned by now, but in case it hasn't, I wanted to make sure you checked out the old, from 1977, children's poetry book by Jack Prelutsky called It's Halloween. It's the perfect time to give it a read if you haven't yet. My husband has it. He's had it since he was a really little kid in the 80s. And for the past decade or so, we've read it a few times throughout October. It's kind of nerdy of us, but we take our readings very seriously. We're basically a two-person book club that only reads this one book. <laughs> I love that. We take turns reading them, sometimes just switching back and forth with every poem and sometimes drawing numbers. It's ridiculous, actually. The illustrations by Marilyn Hafner are extremely fun, too. Tons of detail to look at, and we usually end up talking about every poem's pictures as we finish reading it. 
we have mutually decided that The Goblin is extremely unsettling, and the book closer, Happy Halloween, very nicely sums up the end of a perfect childhood Halloween night. We just ordered a newer copy this morning because our existing one is falling apart, and we're going to retire it to the archives with our other important treasures. Cute. So if you don't have a copy of your own, know that they are very easy to find, and I cannot recommend enough. And I cannot recommend buying one enough. As an aside, the same author has a lot of other great kids' poetry books as well for other holidays and seasons. Ugh, other holidays and seasons, what are those? We have a few, but we prefer the pre-Lutsky Hafner pair-ups for the best effect. He also has another book, not specifically for Halloween, but still nice and spooky, called The Headless Horseman Rides Tonight. Sorry for the extremely long eek mail for a fairly short book, but we just love it so much, and I know you and your other lanterns would too. It's a huge part of our Halloween traditions, and I'm happy to be able to share it with others that I know will appreciate it just as much. Now I'm off to get back to work and listen to a bunch more episodes. Stay creepy, friends! Callie! Well, thanks so much, Callie. I will stay creepy. I am not familiar with this poetry book. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. I definitely want to order it because I looked it up and these illustrations are absolutely divine and they remind me of going to the corner of my school library's like little horror book section that had like the Universal Monster books and it had the Alvin Swartz books and you know, just like a one shelf of like creepy books. And I would just like go there and take a book and sit in the corner and be like, leave me alone, I'm being weird. And when I look at these illustrations, it just like takes me back to that moment of being like a bizarre 10 year old who was wearing a cat vest because my mother let me wear cat vests to school as if I did not need to have friends at 10 years old. So I looked up this book and lucky you guys, there is a very strange recording of somebody performing this book, reading all the poems and there's some music and there's odd voices. And I was listening to it with my headphones on and a couple parts got me because this guy was using like a a really creepy voice and I like wasn't expecting it that's not a super creepy voice that's like Pee Wee Herman with a head cold but it was like he was using like a bizarre voice and it really freaked me out for a second so um I think it's kind of a treat it's a little over 10 minutes so I'm going to drop it in the show notes and um I looked up the poem, The Goblin, which you and your partner said are the most scary, the most scary of the book. So um, I'm going to read it for you guys so that um, you don't have to wait. So here it goes, The Goblin. There's a goblin as green as a goblin can be, who is sitting outside and is waiting for me. When he knocked on my door and said softly, come play. I answered, no thank you, now please go away. But the goblin as green as a goblin can be is still sitting outside and is waiting for me. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one a lot, it's really fun. And um, this boy, uh, the illustration, he lives in a kind of fun uh, chateau looking house like a French chateau out in a field. And um, there's just a bespectacled goblin with big horns and long, long legs. There's something about arms and legs that are much too long that's very disturbing. 
like Slender Man or the Crooked Man or just long-limbed men. Why must they be out there and taunt us with their long limbs? So you guys, let's go buy this book and read these poems to everyone we know. I do not think you guys are nerds, but also I might be a nerd, so (laughs) don't know if I can really give you the clear on this, but I don't think this is nerdy. I think it's so cute. I don't think it's ridiculous either. I think this is like a really lovely, sweet tradition, and I'm really touched that you shared it with us, and I know a lot of the other lanterns are going to be really stoked on it too. So thank you very, very much. Your email was not too long. It was the perfect size. And when you write in with such incredible, generous Halloween spirit, it's impossible to be too long. It's just a joy and a gift. So thank you so much, Callie. I hope you stay creepy this season as well. Now, why don't we pick up a call on the All Hallows Hotline? Hi, we say... I'm Stephanie. I'm from Texas, and I'm so excited to be calling in right now. Um, I found the podcast a month ago, and I instantly fell in love. Um, I'm a super spooky queen, so this podcast is everything I've been looking for. Um, yeah, and recently, my partner, Logan, and I had a long drive, and I showed him the pod, and he got into it, too. Now he's super on my level and excited about the Halloween season, uh, which is extra great because we're actually in a musical duo together, and we're doing our first spooky-themed single release, and I just wanted to let you and all the other fellow lanterns know that there's a new hauntingly beautiful and dark song to add to your creepy or Halloween party playlist. Our duo is called... Yanni, Yelly, Glowy, Floaty. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, the new song is called Alone. And it comes out Friday, October 15th, everywhere you stream and download your music. I wrote it during a really rough time in my life and used horror metaphors to thrill me back to life. I'm sure... Any sad and artsy lanterns out there will super relate. Um, but yes, please check it out. I genuinely think you'll all really enjoy it. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora. And uh, though the rest of our music may not be as creepy as this new release, we always incorporate an element of beauty mixed with a few dashes of haunting and ethereal sounds. So please find us and don't be shy about reaching out and telling us you found us through It's Always Halloween and what your favorite part of the song was. Hope to hear from y'all and have a spooktacular Halloween, everyone. Bye. Stephanie, wow. What a sheer joy to hear from you. I looked you up on Instagram because I was desperate to hear this bop. But of course, as we discussed at the top of the show, you are listening on the 15th. I am speaking on the 13th. So, You guys, today's the day that Yanni Yelly Glowy Floaty just came out with their new single, Alone. Perfect timing, Stephanie. Very good time to call in. So go check them out. Um, Their Instagram, so just in case that's a wording is something you guys need help with. It's Yanni, like I'm yawning. Y-A-W-N-Y underscore Yelly. 
Y-E-L-L-Y underscore glowy, G-L-O-W-Y underscore floaty, like floaty crowny things, F-L-O-A-T-Y. Very cute, very fun, kind of feels like a tongue twister to say. And there's a little snippet of your song on Instagram, and I'm just going to just play it through the microphone here. It might not sound good, but let's try a little experiment. I've got shivers all up and down my spine, girl. You know there is nothing I love more than transforming one's own struggle, one's own pain into beautiful art, into creativity. It doesn't have to be for anybody other than yourself, but you are not only did you make something for yourself, but you've turned it into a gift for the world. And that's lovely. I absolutely adored this and I can't wait to hear the full song and please let me know if uh, you don't like that I played a clip of it on here I did not ask your permission because I am recording this at 12 30 a.m but if you're like oh no you owe us money now then just let me know <laughs> that's not kosher I just stole it from your Instagram it's just to promote you and uh, I wanted people to get like a good idea of what the song sounded like so that they would go listen to it more. But again, if you're like, not cool, not cool, I'll take it down. <laughs> um, congrats on your new single. That's really exciting. It's so hard to make work that then it's already hard to just get it out to begin with when you're struggling and the world is a challenge. And then to like polish it and prepare it for more people to hear and enjoy. That's another level. And then to like it actually going out, it's just so many steps to get to the point where you're at now, where you get to celebrate today. I just want to congratulate you on that and what a huge accomplishment it is. And I'm so proud of you for pulling yourself out of a dark time and figuring out how you could survive that through music. It's not, you know, when you struggle with depression, a lot of people are like, yeah, be creative or write about it or like turn it into a joke. This me personally as a comedian, like let's laugh about it. But no matter how talented you are, or no matter how much you like the art that you do, when you're in like a really difficult place, you can't always grasp those skills in that moment. And sometimes when it's really dark, you're like, will I ever be able to do this again? Did it leave me? Is this even who I ever was? What do I even like anymore? There's so many questions. There's so many ghosts that swirl around you in those moments. So the fact that you pull yourself out of that gray fog and you got to the point where you got to make this beautiful song, my goodness, what a huge thing to celebrate. I hope you are so happy. I hope you're so proud of yourselves. And I am so grateful that you shared your art with us. And I look forward to hearing more. Thanks so much. I hope you have a great weekend with your brand new song. And I hope you feel a little less alone knowing that there are thousands of lanterns out here cheering you on. All right, next up, we have an eek mail with the subject line, I love your podcast. Hi, Luce. I just wanted to reach out and tell you how much I love your podcast. 
I discovered it in August when I was looking for new sources of spooky serotonin without wearing out my usual movies and music before October. And I swear this podcast was made for me? The dedication to history, ethics, community, and Halloween being separate from horror? Ugh. I just want to appreciate Halloween without being scared all the time. (laughs) I was also a sensitive kid and still am as an adult. Not as much, but I still can't watch certain horror movies like The Exorcist, The Ring, etc. I usually ask my older sister, who's a horror fanatic, to describe a movie to me to see if I'm too scared to possibly witness some of the imagery. I don't want anything to keep me from sleeping, laughing my ass off. I was just going to wait until I got through all the episodes to send an eek mail, but I couldn't wait to share how special this podcast is to me, and I wanted to recommend a graphic novel. I'm not sure if this has been mentioned yet, but... My Favorite Thing is Monsters by Emile Ferris is amazing. It's about a girl named Karen investigating a mysterious death. And I could be remembering this wrong. This is a detail my librarian told me two years ago. But Ferris wrote and illustrated this after becoming really sick and ending up bedridden. I feel like knowing that part makes me appreciate the work even more. Anyways, that's all for now. I love the podcast and the community that comes with it. Thank you for creating such an amazing space, Victoria. P.S. I'm also an artist. I run an Instagram and an Etsy shop, both under V-M-A-C-S Art. V-M-A-C-S Art. And I'm currently selling some beautiful prints. I'm doing hashtag Flashtober on that art Instagram account right now and hashtag 100 days of Halloween happy on my all things spooky account, which is VMAC spooky. I'll attach some of my work below. And she did. And I really love your work, Victoria. I am looking at a ghost that is radiating a beautiful hypnotic purple glow very sweet and now um I don't know what you would call this but I love these pictures it has like a lot of little accessories and like Halloween items all together so it's like tarot cards and candles and herbs and uh tea it's just like cozy in a picture it's perfect I can see that looking beautiful on my wall then there's a cool glowy purple hand and a little toad with a witch hat and the tiniest wand. I am obsessed with this toad. He kind of looks like a fat turkey, which makes me love him even more. And he also looks like a little grumpy, which is great because a grumpy animal in like a festive hat is one of the funniest things in the entire universe. And the fact that he's so large and plump and he's holding this delicate teeny tiny wand is also just so thrilling and amusing to me I love I love all of the prints but I feel like I need this toad to be in the pod closet with me because (laughs) I think every time I look at his like little grumpy face it would make me smile like what do you have to be grumpy about you're so plump and happy looking I mean you put a hat you put a little witch's hat on and you got to You gotta have like a little grin at least. And then finally, really cool toadstool mushroom print with fall leaves and stars and the tiniest little spider web that I imagine might even have some dewdrops on it. 
These are wonderful, Victoria. Congrats on your beautiful work. I'm so happy that you found the podcast. I have a memory of someone recommending my favorite thing is monsters, but I don't 100% remember because we're a year into episodes and I at no point started writing down everything that people called in about. And I realized this recently that I needed help with that. So I'm working with some lanterns to create a spreadsheet of everything that we've discussed on the podcast, divided up into books and movies and podcasts and hauntings and recipes and all that good stuff. And uh, we're re-listening to episodes and categorizing them so that I can easily be like, yes, on this episode, we discussed it more. Um, I recall having someone else recommend it to me. I just can't remember in what context it was. I'm happy to recommend it again because, of course, we need more female graphic novels and more female comic artists out there. That's a genre that's still really cishet dominated. And it's very cool that she both wrote it and illustrated it. And it's with a ballpoint pen, which I think is really interesting too. So thank you so much for letting us know about that. And it's okay that you're sensitive. I think being sensitive to violence is a lovely thing. Um, I don't find myself desensitized to violence. I just have a little bit of a dark sense of humor. So slashers tend to make me giggle a little bit. But I will say the ring is terrifying. I've seen it several times and every time I'm like, this is too upsetting. Like all of the discordant images that are actually on like the VHS tape that the characters watch in the movie, are so bizarre and they're not even scary on their own like a woman brushing her hair in a mirror technically that doesn't sound scary her face doesn't get weird she doesn't grow fangs her hair doesn't turn into worms but she's just brushing her hair in a mirror with no expression and there's something about that act that i find chilling i don't like it at all and like an up close image of a horse's eye like an empty well i just mm -mm. it's freaky it's very disturbing. Um, the Exorcist, that spider walk man, gets me every time. There are just uh, certain films that have such odd, fantastical imagery that doesn't matter how many times you've seen it, it's like still very chilling. I just finished Midnight Mass by Mike Flanagan this week. Victoria, I will tell you, I think you might be too sensitive for it. If you out there feel like you're sensitive, um, I would say skip it. There is a scene that has a smash cut that I found so unexpected <laughs> that I didn't even make a noise. Or I, I just went, oh, <laughs> like I was so like, Isaac and I were both like, oh, oh, oh no, oh, like <laughs> we didn't scream or jump, but like I felt this surge of coldness go through my body and then we you know, we we're like, all right, turn this off, get ready for bed and swatch this at midnight before we go to sleep. Cause that's healthy. And we were both just like brushing our teeth in silence and just being like, oh, that was, that was real rough. <laughs> and we just finished the series last night and I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was another Mike Flanagan tearjerker. Um, but I felt very leveled by it. I, I felt that I had seen some things that I can't unsee that really shook me to my core. So to Victoria and the other senses out there, uh, you, you know what, it's okay if you miss this one. And you don't have to watch horror movies to be a card-carrying citizen of Halloween land. 
I think that there is plenty of movies and TV shows that you can enjoy Halloween with without going into the land of absolute bone-chilling terror. And like I've said in the past, I think classic monster movies and classic horror from the 40s, 50s, and 60s is really fun to get those vibes going and not you know, totally shock yourself or subject yourself to imagery that might make sleeping difficult. While I think that most horror people love Halloween, not all Halloweenians love horror. And that's something that I've really discovered working on this podcast. And I'd like to lift y'all up and remind everybody that we don't have to watch a a a strangely placid-faced woman brushing her hair in the mirror. We could just gaze upon gorgeous illustrations of toadstools with little dew-kissed spiderwebs strung between them while we sip warm chamomile or sleepy time tea and a fire roars around us and we're munching on an apple cider donut and we have the guts of a pumpkin we just carved right in this bowl next to us because we got tired as we were carving and we didn't finish putting away all of our pumpkin supplies. Oof. Am I dreading carving pumpkins this year? Am I being a Halloween Grinch? What's the name for a Halloween Grinch? Should we come up with one? A Grunch? (laughs) What? Why does it still have to be a GR? Why would I say that horrible word, Grunch? I don't like that. I'm, I'm sorry I said it twice. I've gotten off base. Thank you so much for this lovely eek mail, Victoria, and for your beautiful art. I'm going to put it up on our Instagram so that everyone can gaze upon it and revel in the cozy, non-horrific vibes that you've created. Up next, we have a hotline call that is just bursting with enthusiasm from one of our original lanterns, one of the earliest fans of the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the lovely Jenny. Happy Spooktober, lanterns! It's our time to shine. I'm so excited that it's our favorite time of year, um, and I had to call my favorite pod to celebrate. Um, I'm so excited at this very moment because my sister, who lives uh, about eight hours away from me in Ohio, where I grew up, is here for the weekend visiting, and last night we went to a haunted hayride and a haunted house for the first time in two years. And we screamed and laughed, and it was so fun. And we are about to leave to go to Six Flags Fright Fest to scream more. And I can't wait because I've never been to a theme park Halloween thing. So I'm so excited to be spooked and have a great time. And uh, I just wanted to share that. I love hearing about what everyone's doing, especially this month, to celebrate. And I'm looking forward to joining the Halloween viewing parties on Sunday and next Thursday, and I can't wait to see Halloween Kills in the theater next weekend. Um, we have a Halloween party with our friends that we're going to next weekend, and my costume this year is going to be Jason Voorhees, and my sweet husband, Alex, who is also a lantern, is going to be Pamela Voorhees, so can't wait. 
for that. And then finally, I wanted to share, um, I love hearing about people's um, Halloween fall food items. And I called last year to talk about chili. Um, this year, my favorite thing is this pan I got. Um, it's a skull pan. Who makes it? Nordicware. Nordic it's a Nordicware skull pan. You can get it on Amazon. And it's so fun. I, we've had it for like a month, and we've already made pizza skulls in it. Um, we made funfetti skulls. And my husband bakes bread, so he made bread skulls, of uh, sourdough skulls. Um, so it's so fun. You can make pretty much anything, um, and they look like scary skulls at the end, and it makes it so fun and festive. So that's my hot tip. Um, get a Nordicware skull pan. It's totally worth it. Um, I hope everyone has a great Halloween. And this is Jenny. I forgot to introduce myself. Yay. Talk to you later. Bye. Jenny, I've already looked up that skull pan and I'm about to buy it. I'm going to link it in the show notes. And I think that this should be the official bakeware of It's Always Halloween because these are so perfect and they remind me of our episodes about the history of skulls and skeletons and how they relate to Halloween and why they're an icon of Halloween. And I just can't help but look back at the, you know, 14th, 15th century when people were mourning the deaths of, you know, five to 20 million people who were lost in the Black Plague. Exact numbers are unknown due to the time period and lack of record keeping. But that skull art came from that time. And now we're in a place where we're baking little skull pumpkin breads. I mean... That's history being really fascinating and fun to me. And I love that you can just be eating a little pumpkin bread and then being like, you know what? This is a good reminder that we're all going to die sometime. Let's enjoy life. Let's enjoy this pumpkin bread. Uh, You know, recently I got very irritated at someone I previously didn't have much of an opinion about. Uh, The author Joyce Carol Oates went on a bit of a tear about people who decorate with skeletons and I got very offended. I took it extremely personally. I was like, is Joyce Carol Oates yelling at me right now? Is she attacking my lanterns? Um, Truly what bothered me the most was just that I felt like it was a very short-sighted thing to say and It does definitely sound like it's coming from someone who, you know, is in pain, but is still lashing out, which I'm like, okay, well, don't take it on the rest of us. So um, someone tweeted a picture uh, that I'm sure a lot of you have seen if you're online. It's a Victorian house with uh, skeletons crawling on it, like human-sized skeletons crawling up it. And someone tweets the picture and says, I wish I had thought of this. Very pretty innocent. And then Joyce Carol Oates, famous author, uh, verified person with over 200,000 followers, retweets it and says, you can always recognize a place in which no one is feeling much or any grief for a lost loved one and death dying. And everyone you love is decomposing to bones is just a joke. First of all, it's confusingly written. And second of all, it just bummed me out so much because I was like, nah, girl, you're missing the point. We have decorated with skeletons and skulls 
for hundreds of years. So I retweeted it to say the history of using skeletons art decor most likely dates back to Celtic antiquity and definitely to the Black Plague, which resulted in 50 to 200 million deaths. I think a second ago I said 5 million, I meant 50. And I said, we use skeletons to remind us that life is fragile and we are mortal. For more, <laughs> for more, listen to It's Always Halloween. I don't know if Joyce Carol Oates uh, has listened. She did not respond. And um, I wish that she would just uh, think about it a little bit, that liking skulls and skeletons has nothing to do with not appreciating or not grieving or not understanding death, but very much the opposite, coming face to face with it and accepting it, which I think is really important because unfortunately we're all headed in that direction. So I, all this to say, love the skull baking pan, Jenny. Very good idea. (laughs) You sent the sweetest call and I was like, listen, this is a great opportunity for me to get into my beef with Joyce Carol Oates. This is the final time that I'll ever quote anything from Twitter. That was (laughs) very silly. I am very delighted that you finally got to go to your first haunted house in two years. Doesn't it feel good to let that ghoulish scream out of your mouth? Ah, it feels like therapy. I know I talk talk about this every week. Uh, The amount that I love to scream, it's truly something. Um, I have not been to a Six Flags, although they are advertising to me heavily. Here we have the Six Flags Magic Mountain. I've not been to a Six Flags because... This isn't pretty, and I'm not proud of it, but I trust you guys, so I'm going to share this with you. I'm a bit of an amusement park snob. I grew up near Cedar Point, which is the largest amusement park in the world. I used to get passes. I'd save up my my summer job money and get a pass every year, and my friends and I would go on the weeknights sometimes just to get cheese fries and like ride the Ferris wheel or ride one roller coaster, and then we'd drive home. And... I'm so obsessed with Cedar Point that anytime I go to like another amusement park, it doesn't satisfy me. So that's my weird thing that I'm a huge snob about. And um, I'm sorry, I can't comment on Six Flags at this time. Not that you need me to, but what I will say is that all of the haunted houses that I've ever gone to that are at amusement parks are really, really fun and have some really like gruesome details and themes to them and are can be like kind of no holds barred. So I hope that you have a thrilling time. I love that you and Alex are gender swapping the Jason and Mrs. Voorhees costumes. Very curious to know what you'll say to any party goers that maybe haven't seen Friday the 13th. And if there's people out there who don't know the storyline of Friday the 13th, because it's actually kind of a twisty, turny story. And I showed it to Isaac for the very first time and he didn't know how it ended, which was very exciting uh, to kind of expose someone to a story that you think has already been told a thousand times. So think about think about that. See if uh, anyone that you'll know at that party doesn't actually know the movie. I think that would be interesting. As always, Jenny, I love your bubbly, infectious enthusiasm, and I look forward to hearing more about how your Halloween season is going, and I hope that you have a dreadfully fun time with your lovely sister. Now, on to our final eek mail of today's episode. The subject line of this one is 1880s Halloween event. Hey, hey, Luce. I love that. I have something awesome for you to share with all of our Long Island lanterns and anybody who wants to travel. 
The old Bethpage Village Restoration is hosting an 1880s haunted Halloween event on October 30th and October 31st. For those who do not know, the village has 51 preserved and seven reconstructed buildings arranged to simulate a typical mid-19th century Long Island farming village. They have homes ranging from the years 1660 to 1875. It's a hot spot for field trips on Long Island when learning about colonial America. There was one year when their event was Haunted Tales and Trails. You would walk into each home where actors were telling spooky stories of either hauntings or serial killers. One house was set up to be the Lizzie Borden house. The church was set up to mimic a witch trial. The whole event was totally epic. I don't know what the 1880s event is going to be like this year, but I am sure it's going to be amazing. Thanks for sharing this with all of the other lanterns. Also, am I the only one who hears the beginning notes of Silent Night in the little music box melody that (laughs) you play as segues? At first I thought it was just for the April Fool's Christmas episode, but then it kept showing up on all the episodes. You'll never unhear it now. Sorry. Happy hauntings, Deanna. You know, I haven't caught that before. Maybe this is an opportunity for our lovely audio engineer, uh, producer, soundscape extraordinaire, editor, Pete Burns to chime in. Pete, would you like to, I don't know if he'll do this, but do you want to bust in here and explain the music box sound? Well, don't mind if I do bust in for a moment. Good evening. Good morning. Good dusk, whatever time of day you're listening to this, Lanterns. This is your Master of Ceremonies, Pete. Uh, Thank you so much for that catch of Silent Night. They, it, it does depend on the episode, whether that snippet makes it in. I'm sampling from a recording of like an old music box and there are several tracks on it. Um, Silent Night being one of them. Um, But yeah, it does sound like warped. Uh, One of my favorite things to do, like spooky music-wise or sound design-wise, is to find songs that traditionally are in a major key and find like a transposition of them into a minor key. Um, Just a fun little tidbit for your rainy night. Have an amazing spooky October. Lanterns, love you. I don't know. I'm I'm not in control of the music, but if he's sneaking in a silent night Christmas carol, then he is so fire. Just kidding. Just kidding. Pete, I love you so much. Please never leave me. I get to see Pete this weekend. I'm so excited. Pete and I have not seen each other since February of 2020. The very last thing that we did together, I think, was record an episode for my Uh, film podcast, You Need to See This, which I actually just sadly left. 
so that I could focus more of my time on It's Always Halloween. Uh, we just did a final episode together about the movie Annihilation, which is one of my all-time favorite spooky movies, also about mental health and women. <laughs> Highly recommend it if you're okay with a little weirdness. Um, so the last thing that I feel like Pete and I did together was either record an episode of You Need to See This or we went and saw Cats together because Pete notoriously loves the movie Cats. And if you want to hear more about that, check out our You Need to See This episode about it. I miss Pete so much. We just talk uh, on like texting and through email and uh, occasionally when we're recording together. So Pete did the score to the new film from my production collective, uh, too much. Uh, the film is Demon Juice by Shannon Brown of This Will Scare You podcast uh, and my creative partner on Too Much Productions. Uh, so we worked on her film Demon Juice this summer. It just got into a new festival, Scream Fest LA. It's going to be premiering there this weekend, Saturday, October 16th. I'm really excited about it. So uh, Pete did the score. Uh, I was a co-producer. And um, we're going to get to celebrate over this little film that we made, this little horror comedy that we made together. So very excited to see him. I really went off on a tangent there. All that to say... I don't know if he's sneaking Christmas songs in there, but if that's his cute little joke, then I mean, more power to you, Pete. I love you. You can do whatever you want. Deanna, this event looks incredible. I, you know, I love history. You know, I love Halloween history. I wish I could come to this. I've never been to Long Island. I've always been intrigued. I will link the old Beth Page. Old Beth Page. I feel like I'm not saying it correct. I will link their website in the show notes so that lanterns can check it out and maybe visit. I tried to see if there's anything more about their theme on their website. There is not. However, it does say in September, October, and November, they also have an event called the Great Jack-O-Lantern Blaze, which sounds beautiful and a little scary. And, um, this doesn't have to do with Halloween, but in December they have something called Candlelight Evenings, which I think could maybe also be spooky. Remember, ghost stories are traditionally told around Christmas. So thank you for telling us about this event. Lanterns, if you have a local event you want to share, I want to blast it out there. I want to triumph your hometowns, your beloved cities, your cute neighborhood events. They all bring us so much joy to hear about. So don't hesitate to call or write in and share it with the All Hallows hotline. The number is 802-532-DEAD. And the email address is it's always Halloween podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram at it's always Halloween podcast. You're welcome to DM me there as well, but please just be specific. If you're sharing something that you would like me to share or you're okay with me sharing on the podcast, it's really helpful if you're just like, you can share this or please don't share this or this is just between us um, because sometimes you guys write me some really interesting things and I want to yank it, put it on the podcast, but then there's a lot of back and forth and I don't know and just let me know if I can read it or not. If you just want to tell me something between the two of us, you're welcome to send that in also. 
So as I said at the top of the episode, if you love It's Always Halloween, and I know you do, please subscribe at patreon.com slash it's always Halloween and help us continue to produce this podcast. Like I said, we hit 90 patrons today and we just went over $600. We're at $611 a month. That's incredible. I'm on my way to quitting my second job so that I can do this closer to full time. And if you want to sponsor the episode like our Lantern Kel did today, then you can just drop a tip jar donation of $30 or more. And then you get to, you primarily help us make that podcast. You pay Pete for this episode. So thank you, Kel, and thank you to the Patreon Ghoul Gang. You can also support the podcast by buying It's Always Halloween merch on Redbubble. That link is in our show notes and our Instagram as well. This episode of It's Always Halloween was performed by me, Luce Tomlin Brenner, with help from your lovely fellow lanterns, including Deanna, Jenny, Callie, Victoria, and Stephanie. Thanks for your wonderful contributions. The editing, theme music, and sound design is by Pete Burns. Thanks, Pete. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LTB Comedy and Pete at Mittenberries. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and write us a little review so that other like-minded ghouls can find us. We got a couple of sweet ones this week. Uh, This headline is one of my favorite podcasts, and it's by Mandykins23. I can't even verbalize how much I truly love this podcast and how much joy it's brought to my life since I discovered it a couple months back. It's for anyone and everyone that loves all things Halloween. Well, Mandykins, I can't tell you how much joy you brought to my life with that really sweet review. Uh, And then another, another little short one, Sweet and Spooky by and the wild heart this podcast is so incredibly sweet and spooky the host is delightful and you can completely feel her love for all things spooky a plus that was lovely thank you so much i really appreciate all of the five-star reviews that you guys have been sharing that's a great way to get people to find the podcast it's a free and easy way to contribute to the podcast and you know this time of year is when we can get a bunch of new lanterns and meet some new people who want to celebrate all year round with us which is great and is really going to help us beat those Halloween blues when November rolls around. So other than Apple, we're all across all pod platforms. And most importantly, of course, because as I said, I'm a little bit of a snob. We are on the NPR One app. So subscribe to us there. Tell Ira Glass, you love us. You want me to be on This American Life. I'm the next big thing. Produce a movie that I'm making. Now That's too much pressure, but maybe just tell them that you love us. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of It's Always Halloween. And come back next time, unless you get into a fight with Joyce Carol Oates and she curses you for not caring enough about death.